So the only thing that makes me feel good about golf is I tell people all the time, listen, there once was a time that I got paid to play a sport. I paid to play this one, so I'm gonna go out here and have fun. So I think me and Sean are like the models of people who go out and have a lot of fun. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the USGA Golf Journal podcast. Alongside my co-host, Mike Trosel. I'm Dave Giancola. Today, it's an action-packed episode as Mike and I had the opportunity to catch up with some folks at U.S. Amateur Preview Day held at the Ridgewood Country Club in Paramus, New Jersey. Alongside Stroke Play co-host Arcola Country Club, Ridgewood will host 312 of the world's best amateurs as they vie for the Havemeyer Trophy coming up August 15th through the 21st. We cannot wait. But before the competition heats up, some local media and big names got the chance to play the course and hear about the championship on preview day. In the first half of today's episode, we catch up with New York Giants legends and Super Bowl champions Justin Tuck and Sean O'Hara, then two well-known amateurs that will be competing in the championship, Austin Greaser and Michael Thor Bjornsson, join us for a fun conversation. Let's dive in. And we are joined by Sean O'Hara and Justin Tuck here at the Ridgewood Country Club, where it was U.S. Amateur Preview Day, just under 10 miles from MetLife Stadium, where both of these fantastic athletes became household names. Guys, thanks for joining us. How You're are you? You're too kind. You're too kind. At least on Sean's behalf. Fantastic athlete. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was definitely that. <laughs> so we'll get to, to football and how you got into golf. But but first, you're right off the course here. Uh, Justin, we'll start with you. I heard a lot about your swing speed, but how'd you play today? Um, well, it took me about nine holes to, to warm up. Um, <laughs> after that, I, I, I... Just nine? Yeah, just yeah. nine. So you played 27. I, yeah, exactly. Uh, after that, I played pretty well. So I was playing with um, a guy I, I like to call Thor. I think yep. that was his nickname. Michael Thor Bjornsson. But, I, but yep. I'm going to say that I gave him the nickname of Thor because as a kid, I was I was named He-Man. He so it was like, you know, we... Okay. You know, we saw eye to eye on that. But uh, he didn't outdrive me at all today. Uh, you know, I might have hit drives that was 30 yards past him, but he, he birdied those holes, and I was lucky to get bogeys. Okay. We're talking to him yeah. after this, so yeah. we're going to yeah. fact check ask that. Him. But. And, ask Sean, him. how about you? How was your time out there? Yeah, I love that he's talking about he was He-Man when we were growing up because <laughs> my favorite superhero growing up was the Incredible Hulk, and I used to run around thinking I was the Incredible Hulk. I play golf like the Incredible Hulk. Like, <laughs> I, like I, tr I play golf angry, and it never seems to work out. It doesn't matter how many libations I try to put into the system. Yeah, I just can't slow that swing down yeah. so that's the challenge I, I always say golf is great um but it's not a lineman sport like it's <laughs> like if you're a defensive lineman offensive yeah. lineman you are yeah. fighting your body well, yeah. with every swing it's really more for the non-athletes like the kickers and the, the punters and the quarterback it's yeah, funny because I, I was going to bring up that the quarterbacks get all the press for golf right they you watch the match and it's the mannings brady rogers romo mahomes josh allen now what about the lineman? I was going to say it's not a lineman's game, but I'm hearing that Justin well, Tuck has 190 yeah, mile an hour swing well, speed the thing out about there. Quarterbacks, kickers, and non-athletes—they don't really get hit, so they can. Their turn is like great. Like me and Sean, I turn like if the if the perfect you know golf turn, I just make it up, right? If, let's say if it's 160 you know 60 degrees, uh -huh. we probably have 80. Yeah, because and we you can't hit, shuffle. We actually hit people for a living, so you know our 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 ligaments don't 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 turn as well as they used to. Yeah, if you are in the squat rack or if you hang clean ever in your life, you're not golf is <laughs> exactly. not your friend. Like that's why exactly. that's why quarterbacks are great at cuz they don't squat so, and they don't hang clean. So the only thing that makes me feel good about golf is I tell people all the time, listen, there once was a time that I got paid to play a sport. 
I paid to play this one, so I'm going to go out here and have fun. So I think me and Sean are like the models of people who go out and have Agreed. a lot of fun. Who, who else, you know, from the non-quarterback echelon would surprise us that you've played with that, that has a nice game? Well, Fiegel's, I mean, I, 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 he's not, he's a non-quarterback. Well, he said non-quarterback, so yeah, he, yeah he's a punter. Um, he's pretty good. Um, Whitworth. Whitworth can play. Can play. Larry Fitzgerald really? is, is Larry's, is, Larry's got I mean, kind of Larry's a name good. in golf. Yeah. He's around. As far, as far as us big lineman guys yeah. playing with Whitworth, I played with him out in Tahoe last year, and he, he can he can hit it. Yeah, he's got long was, arms. It was weird to see someone, you know, three, what is he, 340? <laughs> he's like 6'8", 340. Yeah. He, he played he he play pretty play. well. He can play. So when you guys are out there and after you guys stop playing in the league, was golf a getaway? Did it become an obsession? Where what is golf in your lives, Justin? I'll start with you. Um, I I would say it's definitely a, a exception a session because for me it's like every year I'm trying to find a new golf club to join because I I, <laughs> I can't get enough of it. And I think the reason why I can't get enough of it because. As an, as a pure athlete, you you said it, a fantastic athletes that we are. We're used <laughs> to being really good at the sport that we choose to play. Well, that's you know whatever it is. Golf is like complete opposite of like all the things that we've done from kid on up. Where it's like, all right, the harder I try, or the, you know, the more aggressive I get, I play better at basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is. At golf, it's the complete opposite. So. I think for us, man, we're just trying to figure it out. And that's probably the worst thing that you could do instead of just going out and just, like, relaxing and have fun. Like he said, we're the, we're the incredible Hulk of the golf game. And, like, we're figuring – we're trying to think about it. Like, uh, the harder we hit the ball, the better. We, and that's – you know, that doesn't tend to work out for my yeah. golf game. I feel like it's kind of a two-pronged thing for me. It's uh, I love the competition aspect of it, like yep. Justin's talking about. I, I love the fact you can't master golf. Right. Even professional – the best golfers in the world don't master it. They can go out and have a bad day, have a bad shot. Um, you're battling not just the course and the elements, but yourself. You know, you've got to hit – you hit a good shot, that's great. Can you hit three good shots in a row to make mm. birdie? So yep. I love that com- competition aspect, but it's also just the hang. Like, I yep. think, you know, as – former players, the thing we miss the most is the locker room, the huddle, being with the guys. And, and you know, we, we didn't really drink beer in the huddle. We may have drank it in the locker room, but definitely not in the huddle. But golf is great because, you know what, you can drink beer while you're doing it, and you're hanging with guys for literally four hours, you're talking trash, you're making fun of each other. And you know what, it's great to just be around people, even people you don't even know. By the ninth hole, like you feel like you're yeah. your boys, like you feel like your friends. Yep. So and that I'll part add, of it's big. And I'll add to that and say, golf is also a sport that I can. I hope I can play when I'm 60, 70 years old. I see all these, right. you know, father son combos. And I'm obviously trying to get my kids more involved in it. So, you know, me and my kids are not going to go out and play football in MetLife Stadium, right? But we can right. go out and play, you know, round of golf and have a competitive round of golf because there's handicaps and all these different things, yeah. right? So that's something I'm obviously I'm obviously looking forward to as well. That 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 golf brings to the table for you. Yeah. I mean, golf is certainly humbling. And as you kind of said, you know, you're competitive, you've made it to the peak of the national football league. Right. And then you come down to golf and you can get humbled (laughs) in a heartbeat. Right. But let's say you had, I'm not saying you did, but an offsides or a false start. Right. And, and the coach says, you got to put it behind you. Is it easier to put something like that behind you and move on to the next play or a bad approach when you have to go up to that next shot in the, in the rough and say, how do I get myself here? What's harder to put out of the back of your mind? Yeah. I don't know. I never had any penalties. On play, <laughs> but <laughs> I figured that's why it's a hypothetical. It's yeah. A hypothetical. Um, I, I think it's probably tougher to put a bad golf shot uh, in, 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 in the distance. Uh, you're, you're constantly thinking about it. 
you know, like like today, I had a I had a, a par putt, and it's like, it, you know, you, you think you've got the right read, you think you hit the right putt, and it's like it haunts you still for the next two or three greens, and you're just thinking to yourself, like, man, I should have made that putt, should have made that putt. So I feel like it's tough for me to, to get rid of a bad shot out on the golf course, um, and, and then that's why you shotgun a beer because then, <laughs> then you're no longer worried about it. So Sean appreciate this. Whenever I – I'm not going to be that guy that says I didn't. Have, I had plenty of offsides because I was trying to jump snap counts and stuff. So, so, but Sean appreciate this because he knows he's a center and he's the guy, guy snapping the ball. So, like as a defensive end on the edge, I'm looking at little things to like think about, like how do I get a faster jump off the line and get you know, hopefully get a sack. So if I jumped off the line, I at least I learned something right. about. You know, okay, they changed the cap, count on me. Or, you know, Sean was a crafty vet, so he might have twished his ankle or whatever it may be to, like, kind of give, yeah, give me something to look Squeeze at. Squeeze the ball. So I can look at that and, and be like, all right, I at least learned something from that. In golf, for us amateurs and, and guys like me, I can hit a bad shot and have no clue why I hit the bad shot. I can feel like at the bottom of my swing I just did everything I was supposed to do. I, you know, I got my hips forward, I, you know, whatever. Uh, I had the club face square at the bottom, and I hook it right. And I'm saying to myself, I have no clue why I just did that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in like football, because we quote unquote, you know, I guess we can say we mastered it, right? Yeah. I had some ideal or some inkling around, all right, that was something that was a learning yeah. process for me. In golf, it's just like I just throw my hands up and be like, I you know. And after every drive, you got to go back to the to the sideline and hear about it, yeah. right? And somebody's looking sure. at it from a bird's eye view from the press box. Somebody's got an iPad with the replay. And unless you're out there with a putting down, you know, some sort of measuring device or you got a coach with you, you don't get that feedback on the golf course. Yeah. Golf you just is gotta the only think sport about that it. I literally get like furious with. Like really? just mad. Like I'm like I need I like like I don't know if you guys got any good CBD gum or whatever. Maybe, <laughs> but like in football, you know, or any other sport for that matter. But especially in football, it was like, all right, cool, made a mistake. You go to the huddle, your guys picking you up, whatever. In golf, it's just like it's. A, it, you, I'm surprised that I haven't you know, like Bo Jackson the club over my knee yeah. at this point. It could be a long walk yeah. from that from that tee yeah. fr from the men's tee to the ladies' tee. <laughs> especially especially <laughs> if you're playing with like three guys that hit good shots. And they're in the fairway and you gotta walk eighty yards to the right or eighty yards to the left to get your ball. You're all over there by yourself with your thoughts. And we know how how that goes. So I hear you. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just have some fun questions for you. Just to get an idea of your golf game and kind of how you work out there. Sean, I'll start with you. What's the favorite club in the bag? If you had to impress somebody with a swing on the range, what are you pulling out? Seven iron. Seven iron. Yeah. That was quick and exact. That's all right. right. <laughs> like when I, when someone's like, it was the yard 150, 155. I'm like, seven iron. I got it. No, no problem. That's, you, well, you just tweak up and down the seven iron just to get it in your hand, like swing hard with it, swing light just to I get that I used to try seven. to do that, but then, and then I, I've learned that that doesn't always work out, Yeah, but that's my most confident So that's club. your club for show yeah. is the seven iron. Justin, what about you? I mean, for show is driver. Okay. And all the reason I say that because it's going to be impressive. One, one of three different ways <laughs> I can hit a, a, a like I'm not you know it's gonna sound like I'm bragging but like I hit a long ball with a driver so yeah. it can be an impressive 350 360 yard shot that that's perfect or it can be an impressive 350 yard shot that goes 90 yards left or 90 <laughs> yards right but it's still impressive but either, either way, way you're getting some oohs so and like, ahs yeah, exactly so like, like did you, you know, see that so like yeah it's like and that's probably the bad thing about my golf game I play more to like the crowd behind me and just saying like you know, they're impressed that I can hit a seven iron. And he said he hit a seven iron 150. He's lying to you, right? By the way, but like I hit a seven iron 220. Really? But wow. like, but I was, yeah. I say that to say this. I wish I could understand 
how to like dial my clubs in and like understand because I can hit a seven iron two twenty, but I got also hit a seven iron one one twenty, and that's you know in golf you can't you can't do that right. So if I was gonna impress anybody, I would take driver out because it's impressive. It's, it's either impressively good or impressively bad. All right, we'll go with a little snake draft here. So we'll go right back to Justin on this one. Any golf superstitions or routines? I probably need to in- incorporate some of those to <laughs> help me play better. Um, no, I, I really don't have any. Um, my, I guess the only one I would have is I have to at least warm up on the range. I, okay. like, I got buddies that like have played golf since they were kids, and they just show up. Like if the tee time is like nine, they're showing up at eight fifty-five. They take like a tying two, up the two, shoes and going. Two practice swings on the on the on the first tee, and they go. Like I can't do that. Some of my best rounds of golf have been just like right out of the car, go yeah, right I mean, in. Well, and maybe like, I need to try you're not that thinking thing. about it. You're just you just let the natural athletic ability take over. Um, you know, I mean, I've I've really tried to like trim my my pre shot process because I've had a number of teammates that were like, "Dude, you take way too long." So it's like, <laughs> I like to I like to visualize and get the muscle memory going. So I've really kind of trimmed that out. But um, you know, I mean, everybody has I think has their little like kind of ticks that they do before they hit the ball and. Um, I feel like that changes every year, you know, like you're, you're always tweaking something, always working on something. But as far as my golf round, like my, my main thing is like after nine holes, like don't give me a hot dog. Don't give me a cheeseburger. Like if I do that, I'm, that's it. Like that next hole is a wash. Like I, I'm a power bar guy. Give me a power bar. Let me eat that. And that's it. So you need if, like efficient like, fuel. I hate people that are like, yeah, give me a cheeseburger and a hot dog. And they're like stuffing it. I catch them so on that, their shirt. That, and then they're like, yeah. they go up so and they I, duff I, the I, next tee. I was trying not to be this guy, but like my truly every round of golf. So I play at a place. I, I mean, wing foot around Knickerbocker, but Knickerbocker, the, 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 the house, the, 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 the turn is literally at the t- hole two. So you can get to the turn at hole two. And hole two, I have to have a transfusion with Reposado tequila. Nice. I don't know if this is a PG, I mean, a PG, t- uh, you know, you know, podcast or not, but I know it's yeah, an open I, question. I don't think that's a superstition. I think that's like, uh, that's, that's like a badge of honor. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I, I do that literally every round of golf in Knickerbocker Golf Club. All right. So that's great. And, and the third hole is even better. So that's what it is. Like, but like, you know, after six, I probably should get another transfer because it wears off. I, I play three, four, and five in Knickerbocker perfectly. And then it's I downhill. Like I like the warm up yeah. and a transfusion after one hole. Exactly. And like, if I was going to build a, like, I was like, like, you know, if I was the Michael Jordan of golf and built my own golf club, I would have a turn at two, a turn at six. Yeah. Like every four holes, it kind of, yeah. Yeah, a couple turns, like a NASCAR track. Yeah. I would join that course. Yeah. I would definitely, like, you know, shoot, shoot course records there. All right. Uh, Last one before I let you go. Um, Dream foursome. Anybody in the world? Sean, go ahead. Living? Wow. I, I'll uh, open this up. You can go dream anywhere you want. You right. can go living. You can well, go. you just said Michael Jordan. So I feel like kind of when it comes to golf, like I want to smoke a good cigar and I want somebody to talk trash and I want some action. So <laughs> I think that that's, you're pretty much guaranteed <laughs> yeah, to get it. some action he, he and a cigar Yeah, with Jordan. Um, wow. Okay. I mean, I'd have to put Tiger Wu on there too. Yeah. I'm playing with Jordan and it's, and it's Tiger Wu. And then uh, – who would my other one be? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm just kind of sticking towards the, the golf theme here. Like, give me, give me, give me Phil Mickelson in there too. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. So like, we're gonna have a lot of action on that round. <laughs> Lots of championships. <laughs> yeah. He he literally said the three guys that I was gonna say. Stop. That's it. I swear to God, those are the three. 
I'll I'll add one. Let's just say I'm a spectator, right? I'll just take I'll I'll drive the cart, so I won't be playing. And the only person I would probably add to that is Charles Barkley. Yes. Okay. Give so me Chuck. The, the, you got yeah. all. You got yeah. you got Michael and Chuck. But I don't want to watch him swing. No, no, no. So <laughs> that that ruined your game. I tell you, you know what? I, 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 I mean. That's tough. That's does tough, Shaq, does Shaq like, play golf? Lawrence Taylor? LT, yeah, LT. He can hit the hell out of that ball. And like, no uh, one is saying Eli Manning either. Well, we play with Eli. Yeah, yeah, that, Eli's boring. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. boring. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you, you, like, Sean is right, right? If you think about it, like, what do, what do you want to have in a golf game, right? You want to have great golf. So you obviously accomplish that with Tiger and Phil and, like, they have their own rivalry and just so watching golf's them kind taken of, care of yeah, there. Like, so like that's the golf guy. But like, then you got Char- you got Lawrence who will bet anybody anything, right? And yeah. and 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 Jordan who's the same thing. Like he's he's never seen a bet he doesn't like. I mean, like I would assume that like he would find a way to bet Tiger in his pri- in his prime and just you know figure it out, right? But like watching like like I've heard stories of like. Uh, Jordan at certain courses where he brings like eight guys and the ninth cart is the accountant because he's keeping the books on all the bets. Like I would love to just be so much you know, action on a fly on the wall and like yeah. hearing those That's type of more stories. than a game within the game. Yeah. So you're just sitting back and watching what am I being a part of yeah, right exactly. now? I don't even, I don't have to have a club in my hand just being a, being a fly on the wall in some of these, you know, that type of but I, I tell you what, another guy, I've had the opportunity to play with him but another guy just like you know, I'm a huge Notre Dame guy. Obviously, went to Notre Dame. Jimmy Dunn. I don't know if yep. you guys know Jimmy. Yep. But play around with him and just listening to the stories of of golf because he's you know, he's played every golf club that there is in the world and he's played with every person from a you know from finance to politician to sports and so on and so forth. So being just a fly on the wall and listening to like the stories of that, I think that's what you know when you think about me and Sean being in the locker room, that locker room setting. That's the type of things that I would love to be a part of. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, well, thank you. And from a Jersey guy and a big Giants fan, this was a thrill for me. So we're glad you came out to the Ridgewood Country Club, support the U.S. Amateur, and yep. appreciate you taking some time after a, a grueling round out there to, to, to chat with us. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. Thank Great you. course. And just like that, folks, we're back after uh, talking to Justin Tuck and Sean O'Hara, the legendary Giants. We are joined by two legends in their own right, Austin Greaser and Michael Thor Bjornsson, who joined us at the Ridgewood Country Club today for U.S. Amateur Preview Day. I'm joined by Mike Trosel, my co-host. Guys, big day out there. Beautiful day here in New Jersey. Austin, I'll start with you. What did you think of the course out there? First impressions. Yeah, it was my first time seeing the course, and it was phenomenal. Um, a fantastic golf course that's that's tough and, and going to play um, great for a U.S. Amateur uh, Championship. So um, I'm really looking forward to next month, and I think this is a, a fantastic place to hold this tournament. And Austin, the runner-up last year at Oakmont, just really quickly before I get Michael's first uh, impressions, and I need you to either confirm or refute a rumor being spread by Justin Tuck. But before that, just to keep it to golf in the U.S. Amateur, last year, Oakmont, runner-up, can you talk about what that week was like and playing that course, Oakmont, the beast that is Oakmont, <laughs> yeah. that many times, including a 36-hole final? Yeah. Um, I just talked to Mike about this uh, a few minutes ago, but uh, it's hard to find words. I mean, I, I think, you know, it was such a phenomenal week for me. It was um, amazing, amazing tournament, as I said, as always. I mean, I want to give hats off to USGA. They do such a good job at the event and, and picking the venues. I mean, you kind of mentioned Oakmont and, um, you know, not to not only play it once for the practice round and once for the tournament round, but then to keep getting to play it, I think, another six times, I believe, if my math 
is right. Um, you know, it's such a historic place and such an amazing golf course. I think, I think some of the rain during the week last year might have dampened some of its teeth a little bit. But regardless, you know, it was just an an unbelievable course to to play all week. And and um, you know, I don't even know what to say about about my experience and stuff. It was just a, a big stepping stone for me, um, a big confidence builder, and um, just some some somewhere that I've envisioned myself for a long time. So to kind of go out and actually execute and and kind of get it done, even though I didn't go all the way with it, but to to make it to that final match, that 36 whole day, um, you know, I just wanted the opportunity and I got it. And um, I'm not hanging my head that it that it didn't fall my way at the end of the day. I'm I'm just glad that the week went like like it like it did, and it and I got to be at Oakmont for it. I mean, that's about the probably one of the best places you could be. And maybe this year will be the same. I mean, this place is really cool too. So anyway. Yeah. And, and Michael, you've, you've played in a few U.S. amateurs as well. Had a nice run to the quarterfinals, I think at Bandon Dunes in, in 2020. Um, you know, Ridgewood, you've played it once before. What were your impressions today? And, and what kind of questions does that course ask you guys, 312 of the best amateurs in the world? Yeah. Um, so today was the first time I've actually played like the championship course that we're going to be playing for the AM next month. Um, I, my first impression was, wow, this is a lot tougher than I remember three years ago. Um, I mean, I think the wind was blowing around 20 miles an hour. Uh, greens were rolling at around 14 or so in the set meter. Um, probably the fastest greens I've ever putted on, honestly. Um, I felt, it honestly felt like I was playing a U.S. Open out there uh, in these conditions. Um, uh, so that being said, I, I definitely feel like if we want to play well in this tournament next month, you're definitely going to have all parts of your game sharpened up. Um Definitely need to hit fairways. I didn't think the rough was too long today, but I know they're going to be growing it out a little more. And then with how firm and fast the greens are, definitely going to need to be in the fairway to have some nice wedges in. Yeah, I'm not sure how many times the rough is going to see a mower between now and, yeah. and mid-August with the uh, when the USAM starts. Michael, you've had some good success here in North Jersey and, and in the Northeast. You won the, the Junior Am in, in 2018. Uh, and then just a couple weeks ago, what a great finish at the Travelers PGA Tour event. Uh, fourth place finish. You know, what kind of confidence uh, do you have coming into the U.S. Amateur? You know, qualifying for the U.S. Open, top five finish uh, at the Travelers Championship. How are you feeling about your game coming in? Definitely feeling good. Um, it's been a long past, I'd say, month or so coming uh, from NC2As, then U.S. Open qualifier, U.S. Open Travelers, and then Palmer Cup. So um, this past week and these next two weeks, definitely trying to rest up a little bit, but still keep at practice and work on what I need to to get ready for my next three-week stretch. At, at the Travelers, I, I played played pretty well, finished top five, right? Um, definitely felt like I, I left a couple shots out there. A um, couple miscues, mental errors. I mean, something that happens every round or every tournament round that you play, you feel like you could always play better. Um, but that being said, like, if I still have those thoughts and felt like I could have played better um, and finishing uh, T4, that shows that I guess I belong there. It feels good. I felt comfortable out there. And um, I'm just trying to do the same thing. Nothing's really changing in my game plan when I'm going to different tournaments. So, um, again, uh, just trying to make make golf as simple as possible, hit fairways, hit greens, try not to make any bogeys, and then we'll just see where that puts me. You make that sound easy. Both of you should be very confident coming into this one. You both played very well recently. We'll dive into the country club because you both had some pretty unique experiences there. But uh, I got to go back to the Justin Tuck rumor sitting uh, in this chair just a few minutes ago. Just threw it out there that Thor cannot outdrive Justin Tuck. Um, I, 
I mean, he threw it out there. Now I have to throw it back at you and just get your thoughts on, on that bold statement that was made just a few minutes ago. Okay. Um, J- Justin's a great guy. He, You're easing he your way into this answer. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, okay. Here's my answer. So, yes, he does that drive me. I, I drive me a little bit. Just just a little bit. If I really catch one, he hits a decent one. It'll, it'll be up, All right. probably 20 yards in front of me. But... But have you have you seen the size of his arms and how just big he is? Like, <laughs> if he couldn't outdrive me, that's kind of disappointing on his end. But he, uh, even if he wasn't outdriving you, I'm not sure I'd want to piss him off yeah. and, and, and refute it. So yeah, it's probably a good answer. Yeah, there was one hole where I thought that I got him, and then I went up, dressed my ball, and I'm like, oh no, this is his ball. <laughs> <laughs> my ball was like 25 yards back. It's a long walk, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so just a few weeks ago, you both teed it up at the Country Club, the 122nd playing of the U.S. Open. Uh, I talked about the unique experiences. Austin made the cut, played the weekend, um, had a really, really great championship. Um, and Michael, local kid from Wellesley, Mass., and you get to hit the opening tee shot on the first tee on Thursday at, what was it, 6.45 a.m., so at least the jitters couldn't have been too long. It wasn't like you were waiting all day, but Austin, I'll start with you. You make the cut. You play with Gary Woodland on Saturday, Terrell Hatton on Sunday. What was it like getting the U.S. Open experience coming off, you know, the exemption from the U.S. Amateur performance and just the week as a whole? Yeah. I mean, I had some great pairings all week. I mean, Corey Connors, Luke List the first two days and then Gary Woodland and Tyrrell Hatton the last two days. Um, so I, I felt like I was really comfortable out there with them. They all made me really comfortable um, and it was a very comfortable pairing for me. But, um, you know, in terms of just kind of the experience, um, you know, anytime I think you can get on a major championship stage, I got, I'm new at saying this, but anytime you can and, and play against the best in the world, um, it tells you a lot about yourself. It tells you a lot about your game and kind of where you stack up and, and, and what you need to maybe get better at, um, what you're really good at, stuff like that. So, um, you know, to, to make the cut, um, you know, was a big step forward for me. Um, you know, I really felt like I belonged out there and can compete with those guys as humble as I can say that. And with as utmost respect to all those guys, but, um, you know, kind of like Michael said about the travelers, I mean, I think I was comfortable and felt like I belonged and I didn't necessarily have the weekend I wanted, but, um, just like I said, I mean, I think it was a big step in the right direction for me to, to make the cut and, and to play a weekend at a major championship and know that, um, you know, I can really compete with those guys. And I think, you know, if I make a couple other couple different swings here and there I end up you know finishing even better than I did so um you know the sky's the limit and and when you can kind of build confidence off those events like like I'm doing and and getting to play with them getting getting to play in them and having that experience it only just gets better and better and you only and you only and your game only gets better and better so just a lot of confidence from it really is what it boils down to and Dave, we're looking up at the leaderboard Thursday afternoon. We see Greaser with the A next to it, two under par through three holes, goes out in, I think, 33 <laughs> yeah. on that opening nine. Yeah. must have been pretty cool to look up and see your name up there, get a couple big roars in 11 and 12. Yeah, yeah, it, it was um, it was really cool. Um, that, that first par three, 11, I started on the back, so that second hole for me, that downhill short one, I hit it's like a foot. Um, so, like I said that um, to Mike earlier, that really got the crowd going. And then on 12, it was one of the – best putts I may have ever hit honestly I mean it was a very very fast putt probably 30 35 feet above the hole kind of double breaker and his puppy drips right in the middle um kind of <laughs> had my putter up and again got a really really big roar there so um just to kind of look like you said look up at that leaderboard with with my name up there I mean that's where you envision yourself as a kid um almost getting chills kind of talking about it but you know I think McElroy was up there um trying to think of some of the other names but 
Um, there are a lot of bigger names up there. I just can't put my finger on them all of them. I do remember Rory because he played in the morning and he's been playing some real good golf. But to see my name on the same leaderboard as, as McElroy, I mean, it's hard to put into words. And that's that's where you want to be. So it's an unbelievable experience. Dave, and that highlight on 12, I pulled it up the other day. It, it's like a 45-second highlight because it's such a fast putt going down the hill. It just, you know, revolution yeah. after revolution. It finally just drips yeah, right in the just, heart. It, I knew right yeah. when I hit it, it was a good pace. You know, I yeah. kind of felt like I had a good touch on the greens that week. Um, but I knew it was going to be good pace. I just needed it to curl right at first and come back. And it took forever. Um, but it got to the hole, and it got right to the middle of the hole. So that was a, that was a pretty awesome highlight to look back on. Yeah, and, and you guys have a little bit of history as well. You talked about this morning at the uh, at the program. You, you met in the uh, the Western Amateur last year. Played a, a pretty epic match. You know what? What's uh, how can you critique each other's games? You, you know each other pretty well now, having uh, played golf against each other in college for a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Michael, how do you sum up uh, Austin's game right now? Uh, overall, I'd say he's very solid. I can't really think of one thing that he needs to improve on. Um, I guess it just depends on the day for for him and. Even for the, just the top players in the world, I mean, sometimes you have it during one day, sometimes you don't. But um, uh, yeah, Austin's very level-headed out there. Can't you cannot get in his head? I, I tried to. You probably <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't work. You might have gotten in my head after making two uh, two bunker shots that one round. But uh, yeah, I guess I mean bunker play, unbelievable. Um, hits the ball very far, very straight. So yeah, I mean th Austin's definitely a player to beat out there and. If you're paired up with him in, in the match play uh, tournament or a match play round, he's definitely play your best to win. Yeah, Austin, how about Michael? Yeah, I mean, I would I want to echo pretty much everything he said. I mean, he's got my utmost respect as a player. I mean, um, there's not much I can critique and I can do when he's, what, are you 19, 20, something like that? Yeah, 20. 20, okay. Yeah, 20 years old and just finished top five in a PGA Tour event. So I don't think there's really any critiquing that needs to go on. And, um, you know, I, I obviously wish him all the best. And it, it'd be fun to see each other again because I know both of us, you know, really, really enjoyed that match. I mean, it was competitive, but that's how you want it. That's that's sports that's golf and that's match play so um you know I he like you said I might have pulled a couple good ones but I remember after that, after that second bunker shot you know he came back with like a 50 footer I think it was on uh on uh 15 I think and 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 I think tied the match at that point I forget exactly but I'm pretty sure that was to tie the match so um you know it was just right punch left punch for both of us and we were kind of both eating it and and going on so just kind of like he said I mean he's he's a strong competitor um you know he's he's got a different look in his eyes out there I mean that's how he walks and and that's kind of the swag that he carries and um like he said I mean he's tough to beat in match play and you got to have your stuff you can't you can't go out there thinking that uh, he's going to give it to you because he's gonna he's gonna fight till the end and and um you you got to have it so Two great competitors. Obviously, you know, you'll be going at it at, at you know, several events this summer, including the U.S. Amateur right here at Ridgewood. But you, you just had a pretty big showdown about 15 minutes ago <laughs> on the front porch, going right from the pro shop, aiming for a flagpole. So the story is at Ridgewood. Uh, deep history here for USJ Championships. Byron Nelson was the assistant professional here in 1935 and 1936. And as the story goes, a bunch of the caddies here pulled their nickels together and this is in during the depression. So a nickel was, you know, a fair bit of money at the time, 55 cent pot. Nelson had a three iron and the bet was he couldn't hit the flagpole that was 93 yards away from the front porch of the pro shop, <laughs> hitting off the slate, to this flagpole 93 yards away. So Nelson goes, misses on the first one, kind of chokes down. He's kind of a low, low line drive. Boom, right at the center of the flagpole, picks up the pot, gives a big smile, walks away, says, thank you, boys. Uh, we were just out there with Michael, with Austin, 
uh, Austin drew uh, drew first, uh, so he he lined it up, <laughs> and he didn't wait for the second shot like Byron Nelson. He drilled it on the very <laughs> first shot with a rocket celebration. You'll have to check out USJ social media accounts for a post that's probably going viral by now. But uh, you know, Austin, just you know, describe what uh, what that experience was like. You know, hitting off the front porch, the pro shop, and drilling that flagpole just as Mr. Nelson did uh, about 90 years ago. Yeah, I will say um, it was my turn to throw a punch at Michael. He got me at Western, and I have not seen him in a match since. So that was kind of our first match against each other and anything since then. So, um, like I said, it was my turn to kind of throw a punch back. But I mean, it was just cool. I mean, it's fun. Like it's it's cool to hear that tradition. And then you know, I step up. I think I grabbed a two iron, an old two iron, and like a Tommy Armor blade. I, you just don't. I don't even remember what happened. Hardly. You know, it's just like one of those things. I just kind of swung it, and it came out the right height, the right little fade, I think, and it just it hit it right in the middle. So um, that was pretty cool. I mean, just a really cool moment to be a part of, and it definitely made my trip worthwhile. So. <laughs> And Michael, you took a couple swings too. Didn't didn't quite connect, but uh, I think it just probably goes to prove how hard it is, or maybe just a lucky shot by us. And I don't know. What do you think? Um, maybe a little bit of luck in there, but I mean, not. Well, I don't want to have to do it again. Let's just put it that way. So we can call it luck, whatever he wants to call it, but I don't want to have to do it again. Uh, I mean, it was a great shot by Austin. I mean, uh, we were talking before. Um, I think with me and Ravi, uh, I was thinking he he said, okay, Austin's gonna go first, and you're gonna go, you're gonna go back and forth, and. Originally, it was like five shots, and it's, we're just going to keep going until whoever hits it first. And then Austin tr goes up, drills it the first time, and I'm standing there like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> how, how am I supposed to back that up? Um, I mean, yeah, I gave it a couple swings. Uh, I think my fourth one was the closest, maybe missed it by like a foot or so. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i just standing there in awe, thinking, wow, I, I wish I had that clutch gene to do it on my first shot or just do it in general. Well, there are a lot of media members who are out there doing it before and a lot of other, you know, participants in there. And I, I don't think they scared the, the flagpole. I don't think it broke a sweat before you guys were out there, but you left it a pretty good welt. And I mean, you got the ball afterwards. It, it came I pretty much right dead here. back at you. Yeah, it did. I, like I said, I think it got it right in the middle. I'll, I'll call it luck skill, maybe a little bit of both, I guess. But um, yeah, I went out and got the ball. I made sure because that'll, that'll be, even though it meant nothing, <laughs> that'll be a, a cool memory, you know, kind of at the end of the day for me to look back on. So that was pretty cool. Well, <laughs> fellas, we appreciate you joining us. We're looking forward to some more memories uh, in August here at Ridgewood Country Club. Can't thank you enough for taking the time, not only to be here today, and I know how busy you guys have been this summer, so to tee it up, um, but to take some time afterwards to chat with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. There you have it. An incredible day at the Ridgewood Country Club. We can't wait to get back for the U.S. Amateur coming up soon. You can catch the action of the 122nd U.S. Amateur Championship. Again, a field of 312 will enter two rounds of stroke play, and that'll get boiled down to the 64 players that will enter match play. Once that bracket is set, you can catch the action on the NBC Universal family of networks between Peacock and Golf Channel. We'll have you covered as we add to the already incredible history of the U.S. Amateur and crown the next champion. The televised days, August 17th through the 21st. So check your local listings or USGA.org for more information. So for our four guests today, Justin Tuck, Sean O'Hara, Michael Thor Bjornsson, and Austin Greaser, and for my co-host Mike Trosel, I'm Dave Giancola, and we'll talk to you next time.